2: Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman. I have been hearing from a number of you lately about different questions related to virginity. Holla at all of the Unscrewed virgins out there, by which I don't mean people who are listening to the show for the first time, although you are also very welcome. But the virgins who listen to the show, I'm super psyched to have been hearing from you, and I thought that I would just dedicate a whole show to talking about virginity like what is it how do we navigate it in the world what are the social implications it's complicated folks and so I asked the perfect person to help me untangle it Therese Schechter is a filmmaker and writer and artist and she made a film called How to Lose Your Virginity which explores all of these questions Therese welcome to Unscrewed Hey it is such an honor to be here. Aww. Now my,
3: my voice is gone immediately. You're choked up.
2: Recording. Yes <laughs> it's just you're full of emotion. It's okay and it happens. So we are going to talk all about virginity but before that we have to put you through your paces with the lighting round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay so what's been making you the happiest this week?
3: My nephew is visiting. He just turned 21, and he's visiting, and it's so nice to hang out with him. And it's especially nice that he wants to hang out with me, his old aunt. So he wanted to go to the Met Museum, so we did that today, and then we had
2: a fancy lunch. Oh, very classy.
3: It's so classy. He had a
2: cocktail. That's a classy 21-year-old. Exactly. So that's what's making me very happy at the moment. Excellent. What is the best sex advice you ever received?
3: I haven't received a lot of really great sex advice, but I think the best sex advice really to me was nobody entirely knows what they're doing and just figure it out between the two of you.
2: Yeah, that's perfect sex advice. What sexuality-related news has been making you maddest or saddest lately? I don't want to talk about 45, but I do think that the fact that this is
3: the leadership we have right now just... Makes everything so much harder for anyone who is interested in equality and justice and, I don't know, treating people respectfully around their sexuality. Mm. Now we've got him and we've got, you know, the evangelicals thinking even more than normal that they run the country. So, I don't know. Now you got me bummed out. I'm going to have some more
2: whiskey. Have some more whiskey and I will ask you a different question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What is the biggest sex myth that you used to believe but don't believe anymore?
3: So how perfect for this show. I believe that the first time I had intercourse would change me. I thought that it would actually bond me to the person I had sex with for the first time. I thought I would be like completely and utterly bonded to this person. And as it was happening, <laughs> I was thinking, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was that you All know right. yeah I believe that and I thought I had to choose so carefully because whoever I had my first real sexual relationship with I would end up being with the rest of my life oh that's a lot of pressure well that's one reason I didn't do it till I was 23
2: yeah so, <laughs> I mean there are a lot of other reasons but that's a big one yeah we're gonna like... get get into that I suspect <laughs> Yes, we will. So one more lightning round question first. Who's one of the bravest people that you admire who's working to unscrew up the sexual culture?
3: Well, I think the first person I think about is Heather Corina of Scarletine. Yes. And, I, and I know she's been on your show and she's yeah. in my film. And she is just such a hero to me, partly because of her Scarletine project, which I think is the best sex education you can get anywhere and it's online and it's free and all of these volunteers work so hard it's amazing but also because in her soul she so wants to make this world a better place in many ways but especially around sex and sexuality and i just really admire her and she, i've learned so much from reading scarletine even as an adult i mean there's so much there the way that she presents ideas and the way she practices this kind of radical empathy with people who need answers to
2: questions. And so, Heather, I salute you again. We both salute Heather. So, let's dive in. Let's talk about okay. virginity. I, I should ask you, I guess we'll start with the obvious question, which is what made you want to make a film about virginity? I haven't ever made a film, but I've written books, and I have to assume that it, the similarity is that you know you're going to be like married to this subject for a good
3: (laughs) long time, right? Yeah. I mean, the question is like, what are you so obsessed with that you are willing to deal with for the next five years? Yeah. So there were a couple things going on. Uh, One was the rise of abstinence until marriage programs in the U.S., which were just basically taking the government and therefore our money to lie to teenagers. And because of that, people started looking at virgin celebrities and there was this whole rise in like what teen is wearing a purity ring this week
2: oh I remember this like it was Miley and Jonas Brothers and Jordan Sparks and Selena
3: Gomez yes so that was going on and I and I started asking myself how do young people actually learn about sex when this is basically all they're getting The answer was really badly. So I started looking into sex education actually, and I interviewed various people about just generally sex education. And every time we got to the part about virginity and virginity pledges and what virginity really means and how young women and adult women are like sort of punished (laughs) about their choices, it was like, wow, this is really interesting. And I didn't know a lot of this. And then I read Hannah Blank's book, Virgin, the Untouched History, when I was
2: doing this research. Yes, she's amazing. We just had Hannah on right after the election to sort of help us get a grip.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, she's another hero of mine. And the history of virginity and the fact that virginity is sort of interwoven with like religion and politics and pop culture and so many things. I mean, it was just one of those things where the more I studied it, the more complicated it got, which is, you know, kind of great for a documentary filmmaker. And that was it. And and also just me being um, what people would call an older virgin sort of brought my own story and kind of trying to figure out what was going on with my sexual
2: development, you know, at a younger age. So you saw yourself in some of the trends you were looking into.
3: I saw myself in the trends, and I also saw myself in the emails I started getting from people when people heard I was doing this film. So people would start emailing me with all these stories, and one thing that really stood out was all the email I was getting from people who considered themselves older virgins and were not happy with it. So it's like, oh wow, that's my story too. I wish that I had my film to see when, <laughs> you know, when I was 20, <laughs> so I'll just make the film that didn't exist then.
2: So. Tell me what it felt like to be an older virgin for you. And I know, you know, I should say specifically I'm interested in your story and we're not trying to universalize from it.
3: Right. No, you can't universalize. I mean, the thing is that, uh, like, everyone has a different story and everyone has a different experience. And I think, like, the biggest source of stress uh, is thinking that you should be like everyone else except nobody is like everyone else. Right. But actually, I didn't really care until I did. And, you know, do we have to stop and sort of define what virginity is?
2: I was definitely going to get into it. I feel like the trouble with defining virginity is that it requires you to define sex. And defining yeah. sex is a weirdly slippery thing. Is that what you found? Well,
3: I found that, and and this again goes back to my interactions with people who have their own questions or wanted to share their stories, where they would say, I'm 24 and I'm a virgin and onward. And I just said, well, what? I don't know what that means, you know, that you're a virgin. Does that mean you've never had intercourse? Does that mean you've d- never done anything but like maybe kiss a person? Does that mean that you had some kind of penetrative sex but you didn't bleed? By its very definition, virginity is a really difficult and frustrating thing to pin down. And yet it's like this label that people carry you know, that really defines them. So for me, being a virgin meant not having intercourse, which isn't even that meaningful because I didn't really do anything else
2: either. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but in your head, it was about putting a P in the V.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a straight girl and that was my idea of what that meant. I had kissed and, you know, a little under the shirt action, I guess I would say, but that was pretty much it. And for quite a long time, I didn't really care Because I had this thing about not wanting to, like, connect myself uh, eternally with some other person, I was really looking for, like, sort of the right person. I think that went on almost through college. I wouldn't have been averse to it if I had met, like, the right person, but the right person wasn't there. You know, I never had a boyfriend in high school. I didn't have a boyfriend in college. I was, like, kind of awkward person. So by the time I got out of college and was now working for a living, I felt like I was just sort of lying to everyone, you know, when we talked about sex, I would be like nodding, you know, like, oh yeah, r- right, of course, oh, I hate that Oh, I yeah, happens.
2: sex is totally like that.
3: <laughs> the good thing was that I used to work part-time in a pharmacy, so I was really well versed in contraception. <laughs> so my contributions to these conversations were always like, so what kind of contraception are you on? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, you know, so... <laughs> Anyway, at that point, I thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. You need to have sex now. And I'm one of those people who was just like, okay, I just need to have sex. And the first reasonable guy who asks me to, I will just say yes.
2: So did you feel ashamed? Were you like nervous that your friends would find out that you were a virgin?
3: You know, I had two kinds of close friends. And one, one group was the group that had sex early. The other group was the group that maybe probably hadn't had sex yet. But I just thought I was working now for a living and I was around a lot of different people. And this guy had asked me out and, and we went out a couple times and like he was OK. He seemed like a you know decent guy and he was a lot older than me. If I was 23, he was 30, which seemed really ancient to me. So <laughs> so I knew that it wouldn't last because he was so much older. He was so much <laughs> older than me. So, so that seems safe also with the attachment issues
0: that I would never
3: get attached to someone so much older than me. Anyway, yeah, one night we're at his apartment. He's playing some kind of electronica of some sort. Oh my God. And uh, I just felt like this was going to happen, you know. He did not for a minute expect to have to deal with me. Did he know? Oh, he well, he figured it out really fast.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, Can you tell me another, how? What
3: happened? Well, this is another thing where you know people are like, "Oh, my, I'm afraid to tell the, my partner that I've never done this before, and it's so embarrassing and all that," and or they'll reject me if they find out that I'm you know a virgin or inexperienced. And and again, it's like there is no universal. Like, yeah, maybe maybe they they just don't want that, or or maybe they it's fine and they're grateful you told them because that will really affect the way your interactions go right and also
2: like this is slightly related when i was first coming out my first girlfriend was kind of like i don't know if i want to be with somebody who like and be their first like woman and she was just like, yeah, I don't do baby dykes and I was like so smitten with her, and I was like, "No, I'll be cool, I promise I won't be like all those other dumb baby dykes. and it <laughs> actually it was like a like a weird amount of pressure on me to like not ask genuine questions that I had or like leave room for feelings for experiences that I was having like it she was a wonderful, lovely human being we had a complicated but brief relationship but That was not the healthiest dynamic in our relationship. It was not super great for me as the sort of virgin in that situation. Like, you know, I talked her out of rejecting me for it, but it still infected the dynamic.
3: Yeah, I totally know what you mean. My personal philosophy of becoming sexual is at some point you feel like I'm just I'm ready to do this. And then you do it and you're like, hmm. So now I've gotten over this first hump, so to speak. (laughs)
2: okay I'm definitely calling this episode (laughs) first hump yeah you please be my guest done and dusted
3: (laughs) (laughs) you get over the first hump you know you're like well I kind of like that I didn't like that here's what I've learned that I maybe could do better
2: and I think that it sort of comes back around to sort of the false binary that underlies a lot of people's thinking of an approach to virginity, which is, I've had sex, yes, no. And and it doesn't get at the question of like, how did you in- like it? Like, what do you like? You know, like it, it doesn't recognize mm-hmm. sex as a as an inter- a human interaction. It, it, it sort of treats sex as an accomplishment. And I felt like, you know, I was one of those early sexers. <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> called it. But I, I remember distinctly afterwards feeling like, Well, I don't know what I am now. Right before I was a virgin, and now there's not a word. It was troubling to me. That's part of the dynamic you're discussing, which is like all this focus gets put on this first hump, which I'm going to say forever (laughs) now. And it shifts the focus away from the idea of sex as a
3: human interaction. Yeah. One thing I always talk about is becoming sexual is a long process, like probably a lifelong process. You know, if you're someone who's interested in having sex, then you're probably going to spend your life learning more about it and experiencing more things about it. And it's not just the first time that, you know, from a heteronormative standpoint, let's say a penis goes into a vagina. It's really your whole life. It's every new partner you have. It's every new thing you try. It's every new insight you have. I think that's a much nicer way to think about sex and becoming sexual than like that one moment, you know, in your basement, you know where like that thing happened
1: one size fits- all seemed like a good idea for clothes. nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
2: You not only talked to approximately a billion people for the film, you then created this sort of ongoing digital storytelling project around virginity after the film came out.
3: The online project you're talking about is the V-Card Diaries. And we've got almost 400 stories on the V-Card Diaries. And you should
2: we'll link to it in the show notes. It's a really beautifully done project where you can click on different things by theme. It's beautifully interactive. Um, and you can find it at, is it just the Vcarddiaries.com or are there hyphens in there somewhere? Um, there's no the. So it's just
3: oh. v one word, dot com. And it's there. And yeah, and you can search in a lot of different variables. You can search by age, you can search by sexual status, you can search by sexuality, you can search by various genders. And that project has a lot of stories across the spectrum of experience. It's not just the how I lost my virginity story, because I feel like that's such a narrow way of talking about this thing. But it's a lot of people who have never had sex. And they talk about maybe how they feel about that, or how they got here, or what they hope the future brings.
2: What are some of the primary themes? What comes up the most for you? I
3: hear from, you know, younger women who are really worried about pain and blood. That is a big topic. Another topic is how do I know that I'm ready? Another topic is usually from guys, which is I'm in my 20s and I've never had sex and I'm so ashamed, you know, that Mm. kind of thing. And also women, you know, women who are out of college age also have the same sort of issues as guys when they feel like they're they're not sexually active, they want to be sexually active, they're really embarrassed to admit it, you know, to a potential partner, they don't even know how to go about finding somebody to possibly go down that road with those are kind of the big themes. But then there's this other theme of this is usually women in their teens, 20s, who have been sexually assaulted. Mm. And the story is usually along the lines of this thing happened to me. It wasn't my fault, but it took me a long time to figure that out. And someone took my virginity from me without my permission. And these kinds of stories are usually written from the point of view of, I have thought about this and dealt with this and talked about this for a while, and I'm now at a point where I can look back on it and understand that they didn't take anything from me, that it's my body and I get to choose what I call it and what I do. Uh, but it took them a long time to get there, and they're writing these stories kind of to other people who read the story you know, after they've submitted it. That kind of stuff is so tough. And that, Mm. again, goes back to this idea that virginity is like this thing you carry around in your pocket and someone comes along and snatches it from you.
2: Especially if you're female identified. Yeah. I, I don't think guys so much think about someone taking their virginity as much as they think about getting rid of it. I'm making broad generalizations here, obviously. Yeah, right. One of the things about that is that
3: generalization, again, for the folks listening at home, but Let's say we're still talking about intercourse. So if a guy has intercourse for the first time, chances are it's going to feel good. They're going to get aroused. They're going to get an erection. They're going to put their penis inside a woman's warm, soft, moist vagina, and they are going to ejaculate and have an orgasm. Right?
2: Sounds delightful.
3: Sure. Yeah. Right? Where do I sign up? For women, it's kind of a different dynamic. And it's not that women don't like sex or want sex but it's so fraught like it takes longer to become aroused it takes time to become lubricated you might get pregnant you might get called a slut you probably won't have an orgasm because the person you're with will likely not either take the time or be experienced enough or you won't really know how to ask for it and make
2: sure it feels good or all of the above yes
3: or all of the above It's so fraught. So it's not surprising that a lot of women go into sex with a lot of trepidation and then come out the other end going, ugh, that wasn't so good.
2: I, like, actually was pretty excited about it, but was sort of like, is that all there is? (laughs) Like, I actually like penetration like a lot more now than I did then and but that has shifted over the course of my life but like at the time I was like oh it didn't hurt particularly and I didn't bleed and none of that stuff it just was sort of like oh oh all right you know okay (laughs) it was it was kind of a letdown because there was so much hype about it right
3: right and you were with your boyfriend
2: Yeah, I was with somebody who I trusted and loved and who was interested in my pleasure, right, which is kind of the ideal. And I was not being pressured in any way.
3: Right. That always seemed to me the ideal that I didn't get, you know, because I really didn't have a lot of steady boyfriends through my teens and my 20s. So I didn't ever build up those kinds of relationships. I always thought that having sex within a relationship would be a really nice way to become introduced to sex to get to know more about it because you had a partner who you trusted, you know, who you could work yes right. <laughs> It's interesting because we t- we're talking about like intercourse, you know, as the thing, right, which we know is just one of the many things. And one thing I found when I was talking to people who were queer, um, who weren't necessarily sleeping with people who had different parts than they did, for example, they really had a completely different idea of what becoming sexual meant, because there was no penis and vagina moment. So it was so much more nuanced, you know, it was like, when do you, when do you decide that that's happened? And that's the thing that really got me thinking about this idea of sexual milestones, which is instead of focusing on intercourse or any specific government mandated act, you know, where you get your fee card punched, that you have a sexual milestone or a series of sexual milestones. And if you think back to what was your first really meaningful sexual milestone, or the first time you felt kind of like a sexual person, There's your time. You know, like for me, I had intercourse when I was 23, and that was the, you know, government mandated (laughs) moment of transition. But it was several years later when I was with somebody else, and it was the first time I had an orgasm in the presence of another human being, thanks to that human being. I still think of that moment. I can tell you what the carpet felt like that we were lying on. I have such a visceral memory of that entire time. So if there are going to be any questions of what my most important first sexual milestone was, it might be that.
2: I like the idea of sexual milestones. It rhymes with what Renee Britsy Sherman said on a show a while back. She said that she and her friends call things like that your first hurrah, Like your first hurrah (laughs) with anal sex or your first hurrah, you know, like whatever it is and that you can have many first hurrahs, which I think people do with the word virginity sometimes these days. Like you can say Mm -hmm. it's my queer virginity or you can say it's my oral sex virginity or it's my Mm -hmm. people are reinterpreting the word virginity a lot these days.
3: Which is great. Yeah. Um, we give out these V cards that have 10 cherries on them. I love those because, fucking V right?
2: cards. <laughs> I love that you made literal V cards. Can we listeners can... get them if they want them?
3: Yeah. You know how you get V cards? If you submit a story to the V card diaries, oh. we
2: will send you a couple of V cards in the mail. And you can punch them with hole punchers if you want to. And You can, and like... you can. How amazing would that be if you're like in bed with someone and like you just did something for the first time and you like got out the card and like a hole puncher and be would be like, Can you punch my V card now? Like <laughs> <laughs> another sexual milestone. Another sexual <laughs> that would be unscrewed <laughs> listeners. I beg you to do that. Vcarddiaries.com, submit a story, get a V card and a hole puncher, and then do that and then I will have you on the show or write me in if you're shy. (laughs) But what I love about them is it does sort of just lighten up the idea of virginity, right? Like it just sort of (laughs) says like, it's not some precious jewel that you only have one of. It's not like the most valuable thing you'll ever own. Like it's not, it's just sort of like, I got a sandwich and if I get 12 of them, I get a free one. Like,
3: (laughs) Okay. I have to say that for some people... This is a, a one-time, very important milestone that they have decided, you know, they have made a decision that there is this thing that they're going to do with one person, and it is going to have a certain meaning.
2: You're right. I am overgeneralizing from my own experience and attitudes, and, and if that model works for folks, then I'm for it.
3: I mean, if you are taught that that is the only way to go, and if you don't follow that script, there's something bad about you or you've somehow ruined your future relationships okay so that's bullshit but if that's one of the many many things on the menu of how you might choose to begin and continue your sexual life and that feels right to you have at it
2: so really the idea is that people should get to choose how they think about virginity
3: yeah and you know you need crazy things like sex ed
2: for that crazy (laughs) yeah come on you cross a line.
3: <laughs> just Comprehensive sex ed that talks about stuff like this. They don't even talk about virginity in sex ed sometimes. I mean, and I mean good sex ed. Like, you don't, we, we don't even, like, the conversation we have just had doesn't even get had in decent sex ed. It's kind of amazing to me.
2: So what do you say to the people who reach out to you because they're feeling burdened by their virginity in one way or another?
3: Well, the first thing I say is you are not alone. Whatever you think that all of your friends and all the people around you on the street are doing is likely not.
2: Oh, that's super important, right? We talked about this with Lisa Wade a couple of weeks ago on the American Hookup episode, but that there's this mythology, especially on college campuses, that like it's a nonstop bacchanal for everyone but you and everybody's fucking. And actually, research shows like that's completely not true.
3: Right. There are some people that fuck a lot, yes. There, but
2: there's so much less fucking happening than you think there but there's is. there's
3: so much less fucking happening, <laughs> yes. And, and guess what? The people around you have the same kind of some version of embarrassment or shame or confusion about what they should be doing, and there is a possibility that they're not being completely truthful about their own activities because they want to seem, quote-unquote, normal. And that So that's the first thing to know. And then the second thing is, There are a lot of people who have had some kind of sex once and then didn't have it again or didn't have it for a really long time. So the idea that those people have somehow been changed from innocent to experience by that one government sanctioned activity.
2: I really need to know what government department is sanctioning
3: this. Whatever it is, I think it's going to be closed soon. (laughs) Almost
2: surely, yeah.
3: And the second thing is you, you have to just maybe have a little conversation with yourself and get to the heart of what it is that's not happening that you see as a problem. Is it indeed that you think everyone else is doing all of these crazy things and you're completely missing out? Or is it that you're actually really super horny and would like to have sex with another person? Or is it that you need some just close physical contact with another human being?
2: Or is it that maybe some people don't know that they can give themselves a lot of sexual pleasure? Oh, of course. Have you thought about the different things you can do to,
3: you know, feel really good that may not involve a partner? And that there are things you can do with a partner that feel really good that may not involve the thing that you are feeling like you really need to do already. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred, like overnight. If you happen to have a clit, there are things that will probably feel good between the zero and 100 and possibly better than that 100 Mm. that you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. So one of the great, great disappointments, again, these are, you know, the kind of story submissions we get is the, the idea that I and my partner had been doing all of these different things and I really loved it. And then I couldn't wait to have intercourse. And then I hit intercourse and I didn't really like it that much, but that's all we do now.
2: Oh, That because we get so fixated on putting penis in vagina being the only truly legitimate form of sex, that once you're willing to do that, that everything else becomes unimportant. That's pretty shitty. It's
3: super shitty. It's super tragic. And as someone who just announced on um, this podcast that I've never actually had an orgasm from intercourse, you better believe that I'm doing a lot of other stuff. But I think that there are a lot of questions that when people say I'm a virgin and I'm unhappy about that, I'm like, yeah, I I feel you, you know, I really feel you. But,
2: you know, where is that coming from? Right. Because some people may be unhappy. Also, they may actually discover that they're perfectly happy. It's just that other people or the society is making them feel unhappy, which is a different thing, which which is about coming to terms with the fact that maybe you don't want something the culture is telling you you should want.
3: There's one fabulous story that uh, someone submitted to the VCar Diaries, basically, like, while her friends are off having sex, she's riding her horses across the English Downs.
2: That's pretty amazing.
3: Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And we're not going to get into the whole horseback riding as a metaphor for sex thing. Cause... We're not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'm we really just did. I'm really scared of horses. <laughs> I'm really scared of horses. Oh. <laughs> Horseback riding at all it terrifies me, uh, but you know she would rather do that. So more power to you. But yeah. the 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 submission was a very positive one. She's like, I- I've never really had sex, and I really rather ride my horses, but my friends are giving me a hard time. So again, it's it's not an easy question to answer when someone says that. But I think that there are many many answers depending on where you're at. And the other thing too is if you feel really socially awkward, and I understand that too and you can't imagine like broaching the topic, don't. Just hang out with people that you have like a mutual interest with. I mean, I know that advice columns always say stuff like that, but there is a certain logic in finding your cohort, and then you find people in your cohort, and you get to know them, and things do lead to other things.
2: I have one last question for you. If you could abolish the idea of virginity from the culture, Would you?
3: Mm, Which idea of virginity is that?
2: Like, maybe you could just make there be no word for it.
3: Well, we haven't even talked about the historical origins of the virginity construct. You know, virginity is really sort of a a side effect of, you know, women being the property of men and fathers selling their daughters to husbands. And uh, when you sell property, it needs to be new So we'd have to rewrite history completely, but uh, if we could do that, sure, I think it would be great if we just went to this idea of sexual milestones and sexual experiences and you have them, they happen to you, some are good, some are bad, some are incredibly meaningful because we all have these milestones that are important to us and we want to mark those milestones. We want to mark these coming of age experiences that we have.
2: And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at no. all. No, yeah. No,
3: it's wonderful and it's important to mark these experiences, but having them all tied up with normal or or what makes you a good or bad person or those kinds of ideas is where it really gets messy. We have to like sort of take the the, the value judgments out of it and just look at them as things that we do and experience that are important to us that are part of a long sequence of experiences that we will hopefully have for as long as we're interested in having sex. And that could be with yourself. It could be with another person. It could be with two people. It could involve your genitals or not involve your genitals. It could involve penetration or not involve penetration. It's the kind of stuff that makes us feel good in our bodies, that connects us to other people, that definitely marks our maturation in different ways
2: and not everybody has the same milestones in life right like most people don't graduate from med school but some people do right like (laughs) like, (laughs) that's a big milestone for some people that most of us will never accomplish and so because many of us don't even want to right like and so I like that idea because it also says like You can also decide which milestones are important to you like if it's important to you to wait until you found someone you want to make a lifetime commitment with to have penis and vagina intercourse say to take the traditional example like that's that's cool but it doesn't become like a cultural value that everyone's expected to adhere to
3: right and this is really important when i've talked to people about sexual milestones you start getting some really interesting answers for example being comfortable naked with another
2: person,
3: mm-hmm. right? Just the idea that you can be comfortable with your body and be naked with another person and it feels good. For some people, that's a huge sexual milestone. So it really covers a big spectrum of experience. And nothing is more valuable than anything else because it's up to you, it's your call.
2: Perfect. Tarek Schechter, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Where can people follow your work, find your films? I know you're working actually on a film that I'm going to want to talk to you about on the show when when (laughs) it comes out. So tell folks about what you're up to now and where they can find your work.
3: Okay, so on the virginity related stuff, you can find me and all sorts of information about the project at virginitymovie.com. And if you want to stream the movie, buy the movie, show the movie in your class or organization, or even bring me, which I love to do, there's information to do that there too. Just look for the For Educators Tab. And the V card diaries is at vcarddiariesoneword.com. I would love for everyone to submit a story. It's really easy to do. It's completely anonymous, and I will send you a bunch of V cards to thank you. That's a good deal. And then my current project is uh, another one of my obsessions that it will now turn into a film uh, about women who choose not to have children in a culture that glorifies motherhood, and denies us our reproductive rights. (laughs) So it's called My So-Called Selfish Life. And uh, I'm working on it now. And you can get there uh, from my general website, which is TrixieFilms.com. And actually, I am always looking for really interesting subjects who want to talk about their experiences in making the choice not to have kids. And I'm especially looking for women of color, So if you feel like you fit the bill and would love to talk with no obligations whatsoever, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Rod, and you're on social media? I am on social media. I am at Trixie Films on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can find me also on Tumblr at virgin.tumblr.com, a Tumblr handle that I have been offered money for. I bet. I could make a pretty penny, but could I live with myself? I don't think so. So I'm very happy to have that. And stuff on Facebook, you can find stuff on Facebook, too.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Jacqueline F. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. On Insta, I am Jacqueline Fable. If you want to talk to us about your thoughts about virginity, use the Unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. Use our handles. We'd love to chat with you. You can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are available. iTunes, ACAST, Stitcher. Make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss an episode. We have pretty good episodes. And while you're in there, give us five stars. Give us a little review. That is how you help spread the good word about unscrewed or just tell your friends, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. That also works. The show is produced and edited by yours. Truly Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by the pink tiles and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna, and was produced in collaboration with the establishment who also developed the sound cues until next week. I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.